Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zire, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Okay, so I had a completely different episode planned for this week. And today, Thursday, the day before the podcast drops, I had this feeling, I guess, or this urgency to share a different message. And so that's what I'm going to be doing. And I will save the one I had planned for today for another time. But I think part of the reason that it's really on my mind is because my youngest son just turned two. And apparently, automatically, when someone turns two, people start bringing up the terrible twos and maybe I'm just more sensitive to it, but I've just been hearing it a lot lately and I want to address a lot of the common phrases that we use to describe our child's behaviors and how that can impact their behavior and our um, reactions to their behavior, let's say. So... I'm sure many of us, I used to say it too, but use phrases like the terrible twos or three-nager. And I think generally speaking, when we use them, we aren't intending for them to be negative. I feel like a lot of times it's because we are trying to bring humor to the situation, bring light to the situation we might find ourselves in. But I also think it can oddly become this connection point with other mothers or other parents and sometimes we really need that we can be easily disconnected ourselves as adults um, especially if you are at home all day with your kids or you work from home and you're not seeing a lot of adults outside of your home um and so I really just want to take some time to encourage you to think about the words that you're speaking over your child because several places in the Bible, it talks about, you know, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of and what we say truly becomes planted in our heart. So we might not intentionally be saying these things negatively, but it is planting in our heart a negative assumption or connotation to our child's behavior. And I think this is really doing a disservice for them as well as for us because behavior is truly a symptom of something that's going on in their heart or it is truly a picture of their development. A lot of times people even say things like, you know, sleep regression. And I really like to switch things up and talk more about a progression because while the sleep situation might feel like a regression, the reason that's occurring is because they're progressing in other areas. And 
So I think that, again, this is something that we should be a little bit more sensitive to. I think that can be really challenging because society as a whole likes to say these things and use them as jokes, but I really think it is important to start paying attention to what we're saying. Um, you know, and especially like the terrible twos, or even when we're talking about three-year-olds, there's a lot going on as kids are moving up in age, right? They're beginning to recognize that they have an opinion and they can voice it and that they have some control over what's happening. And it just, the way development works, their natural response is going to be no for their first response, no matter what it is. And so I think this is something that we really need to be thinking about when our mind wants to shift to, you know, talking about behavior like the terrible twos or three-nager because it really puts this negative spin on what's actually happening. And I think it also then sometimes can have an impact on our reaction to those behaviors because we're not focusing on why the behavior is happening. We're focusing on the actual behavior and that we don't like it. Um, And I think that when we really dig a little bit deeper as to why the behavior is occurring, whether it is because of something developmental, whether it's physical or emotional, or whether it's because there's a heart issue going on that we need to address. And so I also think it's really helpful, especially when you're in the middle of these situations, it's really easy. It's really easy to just go with what our natural inclination is to say, but to really take a second and pause and reframe things and think about them in a way that maybe feels more comparable to our current life situation. So for example, would you say the things that you are saying to describe your kids about your spouse to somebody? And if you would, would you feel good about it? And would they feel good about it if they heard you say that? And I think this is always a really good measure whenever we're trying to figure out how are we going to handle behaviors or what should I do in this instance? I think it never hurts to put yourself in that situation and think, how would I want somebody to respond to me? I think it's also really important that we're considering when and how we are using these phrases and if our child is present because we might think, oh, we're just having fun with friends, they can't hear us, but if they do happen to hear you or they're paying attention, that can really plant a seed in their heart too. And it can lead to feelings of being misunderstood, especially when behaviors are happening that they don't want to happen because that happens a lot of times is they don't have the impulse control or the self-control or the regulation for a long time to stop what's their natural reaction and to understand maybe uh, what the process they should go through instead of pulling back a little bit and assessing the situation and responding from there. But they also might not understand why they're having these behaviors. They might begin to feel like there's less willingness to share their feelings over time if we continue to almost speak these words over them like it is part of them. 
And then there's just a few other things that I think are important to consider. And that is not only these kind of common phrases that we hear, but also um, the words that we use to describe our kids. So whether that's to somebody else, whether that's to our spouse after the day is over, whether that's in the moment that we're talking and trying to correct some certain behavior, especially if you have a highly sensitive child because they key in to things a lot more than we might otherwise understand. And a lot of times children who are highly sensitive hold that internally and it is taking root in their heart and it is impacting them, even if they're not sharing that with you. So I think that Again, words, the words that we're speaking are really important to start paying attention to, both for our kids who might be hearing us or um, might take those words really to heart because they don't necessarily understand that it's more of a funny joke connection point, Um, but also for us because it's so easy to say those things and laugh them off and think that it's you know no harm or anything like that but truly then what is your view of behaviors do you have a view that understands what's really going on do you have a view of development or is your view now oh they're having a tantrum again or oh they're refusing to do this again or bedtime is a challenge again and how is the words you're using, shifting your opinion and creating that view of your child. I also like to think about the fact that a lot of the behaviors or characteristics that might feel bothersome or, you know, something that we are maybe even embarrassed by or frustrated by are often the characteristics that we find admirable in adults. I mean, think about your child who you might say is stubborn or, you know, won't follow directions or, you know, things like that, maybe not on the first try or it takes more convincing or they like to have a conversation back and forth. Think about, I know sometimes in the moment it's hard, but think about those qualities that might feel really frustrating to you and how can you reframe that so that it gives you a vantage point when you are in the midst of it to spin it in a positive way to help keep your own regulation as you're walking through and working through these different behaviors. So one of the things that I've really been trying to shift is you know, having a child who is highly sensitive or spirited, I like to call it, there is a lot of intensity, a lot of noise, a lot of energy, and it's pretty constant. And the noise volume is loud to most people, but not to my child necessarily, at least when he is the one engaging in some of these things. And So I've been trying to say like, oh, that's too loud or you're being too loud to, wow, you have a lot of energy today or (laughs) just trying to spin it in a positive way. So he's not constantly feeling like, oh, he's too much. He needs to quiet down more because he 
doesn't feel like he's being too loud. He has a different scale than I do. And so I just want to do my best to be encouraging to his little heart. And obviously we're going to mess up. We're going to get it wrong. We're human. But I think something that I just read recently that I think is really great depiction of this is that we have to be willing to have an exceptional child to have an exceptional child. (laughs) We can't get it really easy and then expect, you know, amazingness to come from that. Sure, maybe there's a unicorn in there, but the truth is if your child is going to have all these amazing qualities that we want our children to have, there's going to be some molding and growing that's painful in there and that's normal and so if you want to have an exceptional child you have to be willing to have an exceptional child so all that to say the words that we speak can either be used to speak life or not so how are you going to go forth this week and use your words my goal for you my action item that i would really truly encourage you on is to pick a phrase that you say a lot or a word that you use to describe your child or maybe how you are talking about your child to somebody else and reframe it. Make it positive. See how that changes your view on your child, especially if you're in a hard place right now or on the behavior that you find yourself in the midst of. I also really want to encourage you to Stand up for your child in situations where other people, whether that's, you know, in the store, people passing by or family members or friends, if they are saying things like this, I would just encourage them to speak differently. Or sometimes that can be really challenging, especially if you are more of the people pleaser type. And so what I like to do is just kind of change what they're saying in my own way. So again, going with the energetic example from before, if someone's like, you know, oh, you're too loud, then I will immediately say, you have so much energy. Should we go jump or something? So it's not necessarily confronting somebody if that's uncomfortable to you. But it's just giving them a model of what you are trying to encourage. But it's also showing your child, like, I see that somebody is saying that, but I see this in you. And I think that can go a super long way. I think doing this practice and getting consistent will also help if you have ever felt like you were in a public place and your child was not having the most desirable behavior and you can feel all the eyes turn towards you and you might panic or feel like oh i gotta make this child be quiet or something like that i think this is a great way to start building confidence in the fact that our kids are going to have behavior (laughs) every child has them and we can't stop it but we can model for others in the words that we speak and the actions that we choose how to help our children work through that and for them to see that they are a blessing no matter what. Real quick, 
before you go. If you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories, and tag me, at Kaylee Josiah, and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.